This is Racer Nation. Welcome to the bank. Welcome back. This is the summer edition of the Racer Nation podcast. It is episode 49. And surprisingly, all of our stuff has been working for the first, you know, 30 seconds of this recording. Uh, We haven't fired up our laptops in over a month to do this, but here we are. Hopefully this thing doesn't go off the uh, off the uh, rails quickly. Uh, who knows? Uh, we we've got the crew back together, and we haven't talked racer basketball in a while, so no telling where this podcast is going to go. But this is the Racer Nation podcast. Austin Blakely here with Sawyer Lawson and Logan Foster. And guys, it's it's been a while since we've talked some racer basketball. Um, I know we we've all been on some trips and done some fun stuff, so. Uh, Sawyer, you went on the most recent trip. What, what have, what's been going on in the life of the Lawson since we've uh, since we last heard from you? Yeah, work's been really, really busy. Um, probably the busiest that it's been my whole career. So I'm tired and a uh, little little uh, on edge over the past couple weeks, but everything has been good. Um, took a little vacation the week before last. The wife and I uh, went out to to Phoenix and Scottsdale. Um, got to a couple days of rest and relaxation. It was absolutely beautiful out there. I uh, would definitely recommend it to everybody uh, to get a chance to go out there. We hiked Camelback Mountain, um, did it in a pretty respectable time. I did no research ahead of time, but found out while we were uh, halfway up, it's a pretty it's a pretty intense deal. Um, but we had a really great time and uh, pushed through, and I would do it again. Uh, kind of, I've already started looking around, looking for the next one, uh, just for how much fun we had. So uh, that's been going on. Uh, I've got two little girls, so this weekend uh, has been circled on our calendar for a long time. You guys, could you guys venture a guess why? Not a, not a clue. It's Disney related? No, I'm, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you. I, I, yeah, the Little Mermaid comes out this weekend, the remake. <laughs> so we were pumped for that. We're going on Sunday uh, to check it out. So um, all fun stuff, all good stuff. Um, girls are growing like crazy. The baby's talking and such. So uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun in our house. Um, but I know you guys have a lot of awesome information to share as well. That's that's crazy, Sawyer Logan. I know you're gonna be you're gonna be at the movie theaters with the Lawson clan this weekend, right? To see the Little Mermaid. I will actually not be uh, at the movie theaters to to watch the Little Mermaid this weekend. Unfortunately, love Kennedy, love Madison. Would love to be there to see all the joy um, that that's gonna be. But uh, I'm gonna make the trip to Indiana this weekend with uh, the old ball and chain. So unfortunately, I'm gonna be out of pocket. Speaking of the ball and chain, she uh, bankrupt Vegas, right? She did. So we also took a trip out west. Um, had a buddy that got married in Sedona. Uh, if you've never been, I definitely recommend it. It's beautiful. Uh, just don't plan on staying all that long because it's super expensive. But uh, we made a full trip out of it. Went to Las Vegas. Um, Sydney ended up breaking even. Actually made money on two slot machines the two that she paid played. Um, so probably the, the luckiest person in Vegas. Um, then we went from Vegas to Phoenix, also spent time in Scottsdale. Uh, weather was beautiful. It was a lot of fun. And then went to the Grand Canyon um, the very next day and then on down to Sedona. So it's a good trip out west. Pocketbook is uh, very thin right now. And so got a Got to build some funds back up before our next one, but had a lot of fun. 
That, that's awesome. And I know, you know, we can build these funds up by doing these podcasts is, is you're great at selling advertisements. Um, you know, but I, I kind of took the liberty myself to, to have an ad and a sponsor for this episode and uh, kind of goes along with what I've got going on. You know, you guys talk about trips. Well, I can't afford a trip right now because because I'm buying a house uh, here in St. Louis. And and I got to tell you guys, if you ever want to buy a house, if you're in Murray, anywhere else, and you just talked about how busy he was, but Sawyer Lawson is the best mortgage lender in the world. He he's He's been top notch. And hey, no free ads on this podcast. We already talked about it. So CFSB and those guys, they reached out and they said, if you use code GORACERS, they will give you a 10% discount on your on your mortgage. So that that's great. Reach out to those guys. Um, Sawyer, yeah, clap it up for CFSB. That's that's big time, big time. And it, you know, interest rates are all over the place, and the you know everybody's worried about the housing market. But if you go go work with Sawyer and those guys, like we said, uh, code Go Racers, uh, they'll hook you up. That's awesome. Man, really that's glad awesome. that you guys stole a, a home in East St. Louis. Just, <laughs> and you, and, you and Brennan couldn't be happier. That's, that's awesome. 10% off? I don't really know what the 10% off means, but uh, if that's 10% on your rate, that's a really, really good deal. Um, so, I don't know. It's all news to me. So, I don't know if that's going to be valid at checkout or not, but uh, hey, it's worth a shot, I guess. Always worth a shot. But, uh, no, been been wrapped up in that. Um Gone to some concerts, that kind of fun stuff. Logan, you, you you're coming up here in a few weeks to a concert. We've got got a got some tickets to Luke Combs at Bush Stadium. Been to a few Cardinals games at Bush Stadium. We're trying to turn them around, but I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. My first time going to a concert at Bush Stadium, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we're going to be on the field. We are. We're going to be down in the pit. So uh, you know, Laney Will Laney Wilson's opening. Riley Green. So. We should have a good view down in the pit. If Absolutely. Any, any well, country music fans out there know what we're talking about. Well, uh, me being five foot nothing, I try to not be in the pit, but hopefully we get lucky. I'm sure Sydney can, you know, put you on her shoulders and you, you'll be able to see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll tell her you said that. She'll be really happy to hear you say that. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Sawyer, we're drumming up a cards trip. So uh, it's going to be a fun summer. We've got a lot going on and um, a lot going on in racer basketball since we last talked, guys. Uh, half the team's left. We've got a new team and, uh, you know, we actually have more turnover, or we have less turnover than we did last year. So, so that's great. We've actually got some folks staying back. But, um, you know, it's guys. Is this just going to be the normal uh, going forward? Uh, I, I kind of went on a whole soliloquy about the transfer portal last year, like, oh, it's an overcorrection, and we're going to see it back off. But all we've seen this year, I, I, as always, I'm wrong. And all, all we've seen this year is the transfer portal just expand and expand and it's it's honestly uh, sad crazy exciting uh, you don't know what you're gonna get so uh, what, what are you guys' thoughts yeah to, to 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 your credit i mean i think it's just that we didn't really know what to expect uh, after being the first year and just seeing that uh the massive turnover happened again this year and and the future is, is still completely uncertain um, over the next year or two, the super senior, uh, as you will, will kind of phase out of college basketball, which I think will will make a make a little bit of a of a of a dent in some of all these transfers. But I mean, you guys keep a tighter pulse on it than I have lately. I think there was over 1,300, 1,400 names 
still in the transfer portal. That's still so mind-boggling um, just to think about. Um, that's uh, roughly, you know, 100 teams uh, if you have 13 scholarship players full of players in the transfer portal. So it's absolutely, absolutely wild. Um, I still think that, you know, there's there's still going to be reports to come out about all these players. What happens to them? You know, all these ones that are left. Uh, I think that was kind of the narrative last year. Yeah, you really didn't hear much about it, but um, I think maybe that'll come out maybe over the next year or so. And, and we'll start hearing more of those stories. But, um, you know, at this juncture in time, there, there seems like there are schools that have really dominated the portal, and there's schools that really have uh, have not done so well. And there's really not been much of an in-between. You either adapt or you uh, kind of fail. So um, it's, it's been interesting to watch. Um, I know the sample size is still incredibly small, and this year will be another make-or-break year to kind of uh, have your case as to how it works out. But um, a lot of the times, uh, the players – the caliber of players is, is so close across college basketball. Um, a lot of times you see that the, the, the cultures um, that have winning basketball as part of their tradition are the ones that have been able to succeed. Um, but uh, on the flip side of that, you have seen some new powers as well. Uh, the ones that have been able to, to own the transfer portal. You look at Kansas State, um, schools like that that have been able to transform uh, almost a, a tradition of losing into uh, a quick overnight uh, remedy for success. And so uh, still very interesting to see. Obviously, this is talking season, so there's a lot of ways you can spin it. Um, but I think that pretty much all that I've said has been pretty clear. Yeah, I agree, Sawyer. And I was hoping that there'd kind of be like a one-time transfer exception. Um, the NCAA hasn't really clarified the rules on that, I don't think. Um, to make it clear to student athletes what the rules are, they give exceptions for some things, not for others. Um, and so I think with the gray area and, and you know, these are young men that are playing and, and hearing stuff from outside um, factors, other coaches reaching out to them and promising things. Um, I think we saw last year that, you know, some of the fits were great. You look at the final four, a lot of transfers played in the final four. And so I think that got highlighted a lot. But to your point, Sawyer, uh, more often than not, a lot of these kids didn't find a school, um, kind of just got lost in the portal and didn't end up playing. And then some um, we saw from whether it was on our team last year or uh, guys that left from Murray State to go other places um, just, you know, didn't really work out. And so the grass ain't always greener is kind of what we we keep saying and Unfortunately, I think um, it's going to take the highlighting of these kids getting burnt and not everything's always going to be better um, to really, you know, make make kids think twice before just jumping ship every year. Yeah, great, great points, guys. And, you know, talking about the, the transfer portal, I just wanted to go quickly over over guys that we've lost and where they're going and if we've got any thoughts about them. Uh, and I, I'll try to go in order the most most I can. I think Jamari uh, Smith, not really transfer portal, but Jamari comes uh, from from Queens College, spends one year at Murray State, uh, decides to go pro, uh, whatever that looks like uh, going forward, it, whether that be overseas if he gets a G League invite. So Jamari's off the team this year uh, for next year. Uh, DJ Burns entered the transfer portal, goes to Youngstown State. Uh, Heard there might be some monetary things there with NIL and stuff. So good for DJ. That's going to be really, 
hopefully a good fit for him in his last year. You know, he's going to be a, a grad transfer, so he will only, only have one year there at uh, Youngstown State. Then we go down to Kenny White, a guy that we, you know, after all the off-court stuff last year, probably didn't expect Kenny to come back um, anyways. Uh, ends up down at UT Martin. Dice close to home, closer to home uh, for, for him, you know, being – being from Madisonville, uh, from somewhere else, he could have went. Uh, look at Braxton Stacker. Uh, Braxton's a guy that you know we had a lot of promise up for here on the podcast. Uh, you know, I think three of us will be safe to say that that we thought Braxton was going to stick around, and uh, all indications point to that uh, at some point. But you know, whatever that looks like, he ended up going to SEMO. Uh, he'll be down close to home as well. You know. We all know Braxton's from St. Louis, so just just an hour and a half down the road at Cape Girardeau. Um, Braxton's from St. Louis area. He's from over in Illinois. But um, And then Jackson Edwards, leaving, going to Valpo, staying there in Indiana, where he's from in Indianapolis. So we will see Jackson, you know, across in those yellowish-brown, ugly-color uniforms that, that Valpo has. I'm sure he'll enjoy playing in the high school gym up there in Valparaiso, Indiana. Uh, Jackson will be there. And then lastly, Marlon Leston. I think Logan, he's he's one of those guys that hasn't found a home yet from from what I understand. So wish all the best to Marlon. And then lastly, our, our boy Rod. I know he, he graduated, but we know Rod Thomas is going down to LSU as a graduate assistant. Um, and, and they've gotten a lot better from having Rod Thomas on there on their staff down there. So, uh, you know, I think if we see LSU be a lot better this year. We see that McMahon can't do it without Rod. So this might be a big brain move for McMahon bringing Rod down there. And that's what people are talking about, not us. I haven't heard any of us, you know, on Twitter or coming through the podcast talking about that. But some people are saying that Rod Thomas is the key to success. I've heard that too, Logan. I've heard that too. So, uh, Logan, I don't know if you got any thoughts on these guys. Um, if you want to call out anybody, uh, I think. You know, just to kick you off, I think Braxton at SEMO is a really good fit. I think he can be really good in the OBC. Yeah, I really hated to lose Braxton. He's one of our guys. We interviewed him a couple years ago um, when he was in high school and um, signed his letter of intent to play for the Racers. And so last year, we were really high on him. Anybody that listened to the podcast knew that. Um, He showed a lot of promise in the summer, and so it was kind of a mystery to us as to why he that didn't translate in the season. And um, it's just even more clear that summer ball doesn't always translate to the regular season because I think all of us could agree that um, Brian Moore was head and shoulders the, the best player on the two days that we went. It just seemed like nobody could stop him. And then injury right before the season, it took him a while to get going. Um, and Braxton was right up there with him, very aggressive, and uh, did not look like a freshman. And so was hoping to see him stick around. I think he's very talented and just a little rough around the edges. And with a a good coach and an opportunity, I think he'll he'll flourish, especially in the OVC. Yeah, fellas, I agree with Braxton. I think that the coaching staff really were were hoping that he would come back. And I think that the decision to transfer – uh, might have caught them off guard a little bit um, just for the fact that, that they really tried to put the full court press on trying to keep him. But I understand, you know, 
in this in this area in this era, also like you mentioned, you know, in the transfer portal, you have that chance to be able to go and play right away. And, you know, some of the other players uh, from from Cardinal Riddle, Ritter or other schools were able to you know go home over spring break and talk about how they were playing. And I think that you know when families get together, things of that nature, sometimes the dynamic can change. Uh, and so I think that that kind of led to Brack to jump in the portal. And I'm not really sure that that there were any other schools that really had a chance to get much involved because I think SEMO was kind of the, uh, the destination before he even jumped in, um, which is kind of how things are nowadays. So yeah, I'm disappointed that, that Braxton's not coming back. Quite frankly, if we got a guy like Braxton in the transfer portal, I would be, you know, pretty excited is, is just kind of seeing where he came from. And even though he didn't get a lot of attention and didn't play a lot at Murray state last year, um, just from his pedigree alone versus some of the other names that we were associated with in the transfer portal itself. Um, so I hate to see him go. I think he's going to be a quality player, like you guys mentioned, um, in the OVC. And, and I hate it because SEMO is still a, a very uh, team that we like to hate on quite a bit. They're definitely a little stepbrother type situation uh, for us. Um, but I think he's going to do really, really well there. I think that SEMO is you know, on the path to have some really great success in the OVC. Um, although they lost a lot of pieces, you know, getting Braxton to replace that will be, will be key. I think for me, the guy that I hate to see leave the most, and I think this is kind of after we can see the whole picture now is Jamari. I just think that, you know, we really need the front court help depth. Uh, and he, he was really the, the anchor for that at times this year. And I think that his basket, his best basketball is ahead of him, wherever that looks uh, in the professional ranks. And I'm disappointed that we won't get to be able to see him one more year in a racer uniform because I do think that uh, some of the some of the the highlights that he put on the last bit of the season um, could really project for him to do to do really well and to jump off a springboard next year. Um, I'm just disappointed that won't be with the racers. Um, but so as as far as for me, you know, not a lot of surprises in the portal. Um, I think DJ landed at a place that uh, was was very similar to where I expected him to go. I think Jackson's found himself a really great spot at Valpo. Uh, I think he can he, he can do really really well there, and we're I know we're all cheering for him. Uh, but for me, for the guys that left, really no big surprises. Yeah, great points there, guys. Um, you know, and I, I look at guys like Braxton Jackson coming in at as pretty highly touted freshmen, right? And we all had a lot of hope for him. Um, but you know, just because they're they're, they're highly rated recruits and, and and not talking about them, but just in general, folks are highly highly rated, and, and you think they've got a lot of potential, doesn't mean that's always going to transfer. And, and you know, Murray State and Coach Prome, all back to way back to Coach Green, and, and all the way through everybody we've had, you know, Murray State's got a mold, and and it's worked, and that's why it's it's stuck. But it takes a it, it takes a lot of hard work and it takes a lot of commitment and and it you know not everybody's cut out for it right and and that's why maybe we've seen guys in the past not work out um, that have you know not it, it's so hard to to the transfer or the transition from high school to college is is not easy um, for even a, a student not even a student athlete but the, you add in the expectation of Murray State basketball on top of that especially going into a new conference and everything season's not going as, as great as we wanted it to. And it's a lot of pressure and, and the, the work it takes and the commitment it takes. Uh, maybe not everybody's ready for it. Um, and I, I think you see that a lot and especially maybe last year and, and other years in the past where we haven't been as good maybe as we've, we've wanted to be, but um, yeah, look, or sorry, I agree with you on Jamari there. Like you said, seeing, you know, hindsight now being 2020, 
some experience in, in the low post uh, could really go a long way. And I know there was times last year we were really frustrated with Jamari. Uh, it seemed like maybe he didn't have, have the effort that we always wanted him to or play defense like we wanted him to. But uh, he showed flashes of, of what he could really be. And, and kind of like we said about KJ last year, um, an extra year of college basketball probably could have done him pretty well. But, you know, we'll never know. And obviously we wish him nothing but the best in whatever his professional career uh, turns out to be. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm just going to go down through the list real quick of the guys that left and point out a few things or give some of my thoughts. Um, totally agree on Jackson. I think he's going to be a good fit at Valpo. Um, I think back to watching his high school tape, and he was one of those tweener guys that we would always get. It seemed like late. We would get a guy that's six foot six that can't really shoot, but isn't big enough to play the post. Um, and we were kind of hesitant about whether that would work in the Missouri Valley. And, you know, it just didn't work out for Jackson on Murray State. Um, but going back to his high school tape, you would see, okay, he's just getting uh, weak side rebounds and, and dunking the ball. He, he's way more athletic than everybody he's playing against. And so um, I could see where it would be a, a learning curve. We kind of saw that last summer. Um, that he was kind of a step behind and and didn't really, um, I guess, develop as much as he needed to throughout the year um, and and wanted to go elsewhere. But uh, Kenny White left, went to UT Martin. I've always been a part of the camp that says no one that goes to UT Martin has ever been to UT Martin before they commit there. So I was kind of shocked to see him land there. But, uh, you know, you don't. You come to Murray State and don't really take it all that seriously. And uh, you know, I don't want to say waste a year, but um, don't don't put in the work you need to and and kind of goof off. And uh, like we've said time and time again, this just isn't the place for you if if that's what you want to do. It's fine if you're 21 years old and you want to have a good time in college and uh, not take yourself too seriously. Just playing Division One basketball at Murray State's probably not the place. Um, Rod, our guy, nothing else we could really say about him. He's the best. Um, he's going to make LSU, Baton Rouge, a whole lot better of a place. Then um, we get to the three big guys: Marlon, Jamari, DJ. Uh, happy for DJ. Um, he gave us a couple good years here, and I was. Frustrated with him uh, more often than not. Um, but I will say he did show up when we need him, needed him to on some nights. Uh, for a guy that's not really all that great offensively, he really gave us a boost when we needed it. Um, he also gave the crowd a boost, whether we needed it or not. <laughs> Down 20, up 20, he's he's pumping the crowd up. So um, hope hope Youngstown State likes that. Uh, Marlon, I don't want to say that I wish we would have kept him based on five minutes of play at the end of the season. Um, but looking back now, I kind of wish we would have kept him or Jamari seeing, uh, our front court depth, um, the, the state that it's currently in, but obviously we'd rather have Jamari, but, um, just those two big bodies leaving, I'm, I'm with you guys. I think Jamari's best basketball is ahead of him. I thought he could have had a really good 
senior year. Um, and I think we really needed him to come back. But understand he's he's got an opportunity to go uh, play professionally. And, and that's every kid's goal that, that plays basketball and, and has a, a dream to do so. So um, I really liked, to put it into all my rambling, I really liked how Jamari ended his time here um, on Twitter. Uh, he was pretty active on Twitter, and we we talked about it amongst ourselves quite a bit. But um, everybody was questioning, is he in the transfer portal, or is he going to go try and play professionally? And he made that clear a couple days after he uh, put his little post up saying he was leaving. And he said that after putting on a Murray State jersey, he could never play at another college. And I thought that was pretty cool. Never really heard anybody put it like that. Um, and it just made me think of if we didn't have such an underwhelming year, imagine how he would be feeling. Cause um, there's years where, you know, the, you can't really explain all the love that this town is willing to give its team. And uh, last year just wasn't one of those years. And, um, you know, wish Jamari the best. And, you know, I think Racer Nation is going to follow him and cheer him on wherever he goes. Great job, Logan. I like how you broke down, broke that out, and, and gave your thoughts. As you know, everybody, everybody loves when when you get on a ramble like that. That one was only around five minutes, so not one of your patented twenty minute twenty minute talks. But uh, you know, it's it's summer, so you know we got to give everybody a little bit of a break, right? Yeah, I'm a little I'm a little rusty. All right, yeah, I like it. All right, let, let let's turn it around. We we got a lot of new players coming in, right? A mix of freshmen, uh, sophomores, grad transfers, whatever it may be, and and I guess we'll preface let's let's preface this as you know we're still as we record this a week and a half two weeks out from these guys getting on campus right so uh, I think we're gonna save a lot of our judgment till then till we we can we can put our eyes on them get give them the lie test as the as the old scouts like to say uh, but uh, we 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 know a lot of people listening to this podcast that maybe not. Uh, are on Twitter as much as we are or, or follow the team as closely. So I think it's good at least to run down where we're at right now. Um, what, you know, we, we talk about the new new folks, maybe uh, the folks who leave just kind of go through it really quickly. But um, guys, let's start with, uh, let's start with our freshmen. I, I thought we'd go in order of how, of how they committed. Right. So let's go all the way back to, to 2022 when we got our first commit from a guy that I think we're really excited about. And that's Laurent Rice. Laurent's going to be, uh, we've talked about him on the podcast before, but if you're just tuning in, 6'3 point guard out of date in Ohio. Uh, you know, ESPN, I was looking at this up, guys. ESPN has him as a four-star uh, recruit, so that that's pretty cool. Most other sites have him as a three-star. Uh, his senior year, they ended up being really good. Uh, Wayne High School there in Dayton is where he went. Average right under 25 points a game. Shot 38% from three, 54% from the field and he scored over 20 points in 18 of his 26 games uh, his senior year so guy could really fill it fill it up I, I don't know how much help he had but uh, he, he could really he could really do it and uh you know Sawyer I know you got a lot of we've talked um and you've got some thoughts on Laurent that that might can separate him when he gets on campus because because you've seen it you've seen the last six three lefty that came on campus that that became a big impact for Murray State. So, uh, you know, Logan, I want to get your thoughts too, but but saw your your takes on on what we've got with uh, hopefully what we've got with Laurent coming on campus here in a couple weeks. 
Yeah, Austin, you did a great job breaking them down. Um, I think what you get with Laurent is just a guy who's who's been a proven scorer uh, and, and has had a target on his back, you know, pretty much his whole high school career. Uh, if you go look at his offer list, this includes some pretty some pretty big time schools um, that are that are uh, always in the, the hunt in March. Uh, you can check those out on your own. Um, but I think for a guy like Laurent, what's most important for him is that there is definitely playing time on the table for him as soon as he steps foot on campus. And Austin, like you mentioned, um, kind of follows a similar pattern to a guy like Campaign. You know, a long, lanky, maybe not the most fast or uh, crazy athletic uh, type of, of guy, but just a truly a really good basketball player. And the thing that separated Cam the most when he stepped foot on campus from every other player that I've seen uh, here for a long time is that Cam, as soon as he, he came to Murray State, had that killer mentality, and he knew that this was going to be his team from the very first game. And Logan, you know, you you famously gone on record to say after that first Valparaiso game for Cam, you know, you weren't his biggest fan uh, because he was he he was quick to 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 try to play the hero. Um, but I feel like it's freshmen like that in a transfer portal age. That's the type of impact. That's the type of guy that I want. I want him to have a, a huge personality, uh, a, a really a go getter mentality to try to be a leader on this team because, you know, I, I think that you know. We've seen guys that have been kind of quieter and uh, not as vocal, and they haven't had as much success here as the guys who have kind of come in and tried to be uh, dominant from the very first day. Uh, I think the exception to that would be a guy like Jeff Moss, who was extremely quiet, but I think his demeanor said everything. He didn't have to talk, um, which has which is rare, very rarely the case. Um, so for a guy like Laurent Austin, I think this is where you wanted me to go with this conversation. I really hope that he comes in and dominates, uh, tries to dominate from the very first uh, step he takes um, when he puts on that blue and gold uniform this summer. And I think that, you know, he has that, that pedigree to be that type of guy. Um, and so uh, there's quite a bit of film on, on, on Laurent out there. So, Logan, I'm sure you've had a chance to watch, uh, you know, 120 seconds worth. Um, so I'm excited to hear your, 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 your thoughts as the season was over. I know we talked about it. We touched on Laurent quite a bit uh, during the regular season, so we won't dive too far into his film, stuff like that. But, uh he, he's definitely a special player that I think that all of Racer Nation needs to keep their eye on, especially, you know, if he has the right attitude when he comes to campus. Yeah, like you said, very highly touted out of high school. Uh, I mean this 1,000% in jest, and I was uh, just joking around when I texted Sawyer in Austin when I saw we got him. But I when I saw that he committed to Murray State, after looking at his offer list, I said he must have killed someone because this guy – there's no way he's coming to Murray State. And uh, sure enough, I, I'm not sure what exactly happened, but the stats don't lie. The kid can play. And um, really, one of the the only things that I'm really, really excited to see this summer is how he can, uh, he can progress. He, he's got a build that's a lot like Cam, and I know we've – likened him to, to Cam a few times. Um, I, one thing that I don't really see out of Laurent that I did see in Cam was the the willingness to make a bunch of mistakes and, and find open shooters and, and create an offense. He's just kind of slow, methodical, and, and gets the job done. Um, but – you know, this is something we struggled with last year. We struggled with playmakers and um, somebody that could initiate the offense. And hopefully that's what we got. Um, still got Jacoby coming back and Brian Moore. 
Uh, Quincy's coming back. Um, so Patrick, she will be available in the guard uh, at the guard position. So there's going to be um, some competition, but um, as we saw this year, that was a glaring weakness for the racers. And I, you can only tell so much from tape, but I'm, uh, I'm really, really hoping he, he's the fix for that. And um, we can have, you know, him take breaks and Jacoby's got, enough experience handling the ball to where he can take over when he's out or Brian Moore. Um, but they play off the ball and, and focus on scoring more than facilitating, but who knows? Um, we're just fans that, that haven't watched, uh, watched him play in person. And, and so who knows what's to come? I would definitely say Lorenz probably the most excited player that I'm, that I'm ready to see this summer. And, and just for those reasons, you guys lined out, but also want to, I don't want to say temper expectations, but uh, guys, you know, we just got done or I just got done talking about, you know, it takes a, it takes the right fit to get into Murray state basketball. And, you know, we, we throw names around like cam in, in campaign and, you know, he, he was just in the NBA playoffs and it's because he, he, he's got that attitude. Now he's got that kill a cam attitude and he broke the other team. Right. And, and that's what it takes. And I'm, I'm really excited to get in and see Laurent and Brian Moore going against each other because I think Brian Moore is going to be the guy, going to be a guy coming in with a different attitude this year. Hopefully, he's going to be healthy and he's going to feel like it's his team to be the point guard of. And I think that's the dynamic between him and Laurent. And if Laurent can come in with the attitude of like, no, this is my team. I think that could be very interesting, especially them going up against each other uh, in five-on-five. Five. Well, I hope Brian keeps the same attitude as last year. I felt like most of the time he was like the only guy that was pissed off that we were losing. Yeah, you're right. And hopefully that can be more infectious this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's good. That, that, that is one – yeah, well, I was going to say that, that was that's one key difference between what separates kind of the, the entry for Cam versus the entry for Laurent. And I don't think we're trying to compare Cam and Laurent as players, you know, necessarily, just more of their situation. But the fact that if, if Brian can kind of have that owner's mentality to kind of take over that relationship with Laurent, kind of show him the ropes, but also, you know, give him a baptism by fire, you know, it's just going to make both players better. And I think that's a, that's a unique situation that I think that could be could pay dividends for the racers if it's handled properly, and that's something I know we're all going to be watching very closely over the summer. Definitely so, guys. That it's going to be exciting to have a, a guy like him on campus, and hopefully, you know, there hasn't been a lot of excitement around the program. Hopefully, he's a guy that we can build excitement around uh, going forward into next year. All right, let's talk about the other um, second freshman coming in next year. That's going to be Mr. John McCreer, six nine forward out of Lexington. Um, guys, John was a guy who was, who was hurt most of last year dealing with a knee injury. You know, let's rewind back to last summer. Um, he was, he, he played a really, really good summer in AAU ball, uh, started he late bloomer. I know we've already talked about John a lot on this podcast, but, but, but late bloomer guy who, who kind of grew into his size, uh, late in his high school career, really had a really great summer last year. Uh, I saw Louisville and, I read an article earlier today when I was prepping for this that, like, even some of those Con- University of Kentucky fan sites were like, John McCreer could be the next big guy out of Lexington that, that could come play for the Cats and unfortunately got derailed by the by the knee injury. But 
uh, and, and, and fell into our lap here at Murray State. Uh, he did come back and play play in the Sweet 16 last year for a team uh, who made it to the finals or semifinals and, and held a block party there at Rupp Arena for anybody who was following along with that. But um, guys, you know, as, as thin as we are in the front court coming next year, uh, I don't know if John's going to be able to help us out a whole lot. Um, I could even see a situation where John uh, coming off an injury might be a redshirt year for him. Uh, that kind of like what we saw Patrick Chu do last year that could really saw your pay dividends um, as a five-year, hopefully Murray State player as, you know, as he keeps growing into his size as a basketball player on the low post. Yeah, I hope that the that the coaching staff is comfortable enough where we are in the front court to be able to afford that luxury to to John moving forward. Um, that, that like you said, from a developmental standpoint, uh, we know that that John is is in a tough spot just from suffering that injury. I know he's ready to go now, um, so I'm sure he's eager to get back on it after having to sit out for uh, you know a, a long period of time um, before he's been able to have a whole lot of basketball, uh, real life basketball uh, at, the, at this level. Um, and, and, you know, like you said, the, the, the transition from high school to college is a difficult one. And uh, the, the availability for him to be able to, to come into a situation where you are, you know, short staffed a little bit when it comes to the front court. Um, but also, also the opportunity for him is there that if he is if he is ready, um, that they, they're definitely going to take advantage of it. And like you mentioned, you know, we haven't had a player that's been able to uh, block shots with a pedigree that John has in a very, very long time. Uh, we've had some great shot blockers in the past, uh, but Brian Sanchez, like, Brian Sanchez, number one shot blocker in the state of Florida. He was a high flyer before we put 35 pounds on him in the, the freshman summer that he had here. <laughs> Who would have thought that that would have been good for somebody's knees? <laughs> I will say this. I think John could probably use a good 15 to 20 at least. Um, nothing, nothing too crazy, but I think that's the the type of the type of the front court that I think can really excel that we mentioned in the Missouri Valley. Uh, if 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 Sam Murray can continue to progress, you know I think there was a similar situation with Sam last year coming off of injury. Um, definitely the opportunity was probably there for him to take a look at being redshirted, but he came in, he contributed, and he was a, a key piece to um, the front court. In as we as we saw at the end of the season, so. I think there's a chance for John to be able to make an impact on this team, but I think that you know how the staff chooses to take care of that situation will be very critical. Uh, and one way or the other, like you mentioned, the future could be extremely bright for John um, and and the racer front court as a whole uh, moving forward with Sam and and John to be the the you know the the two tall towers uh, inside. The Missouri Valley is <clears throat> not necessarily known for the most athletic big men, but they are extremely large. Um, so. Guys like having John and Sam down low to be able to alter a lot of those shots around the basket could be huge. Yeah, we've kind of harped on John's injury enough to where I really don't have too much to add um, other than what you guys have said. There's just not much out there on him because he was injured last year. Um, I will say it does concern me having John and, and Sam being more on the frail side playing against these big corn fed, uh, the big whiteys in the Missouri Valley. I'm just hoping that whatever our NIL plan is, hopefully we can strike a deal with uh, listener Hal Kemp and the Dairy Queen and get these guys paid in milkshakes because uh, we're going to need need some beef this season uh, with our front court 
taking some hits to the transfer portal and, and to graduation. Logan, speaking of adding beef this season, I think this is a great, great opportunity to add that it is confirmed that Texas Roadhouse is coming to Murray. So, oh, yeah. you know, talking about adding beef, I know we tease that on the podcast a lot, but, you know, I think we can officially say I saw the permits were filed and all that good stuff. So uh, we tried to break it earlier. If, if anybody listened hard enough, we were really dropping the hints. But, uh, yeah, so when you come to Murray for a game, you can have a nice pregame meal at the Roadhouse. All right, anyway, move, moving on from that, we're all excited about the Roadhouse. But uh, first guy we've got out of the transfer portal, you know, this, this – I don't know, what are we, like Easter weekend, something like that. Uh, Sean Walker, 6'4 guard. He's going to be a grad transfer out of Mercer. Uh, Sean's going to be a guy that's coming in with a lot of experience. Uh, started every game for Mercer last year. Shot around 40% from three, so kind of shoring up. I know that was a big thing for the coaching staff was to shore up some of our shortcomings uh, from behind the arc. Um, like I said, got a lot of experience. Got a, got a guy who's played a lot of college basketball um, and, and hopefully – a guy, you know, that, that we're going to look to look at to contribute pretty quick um, and, and fill some of those gaps of, of guys who have who've left. So um, guy Sean Walker uh, going to be one year for the racers coming from Mercer. Yeah, also, I think that the, the Sean Walker pickup was a very intriguing pickup uh, with being the first guy that, that came out of the gate for the racers. It kind of whether we knew it or not, kind of set the tone for the class and. Um, coming from Mercer, I got to watch a little bit of their film. Unfortunately, there's not a lot out there for us to take a look at. But they played Furman in their conference tournament. I watched in the first the first possession of the game. They they notated that, that Sean Walker was the Mercer's best defender. He picked up the the best player on the opposing team night in and night out, and that's that's huge. Um, have, adding a guy like that, regardless of where he's coming from, uh, just instills toughness in this racer team. Um, I can't remember uh, what, I, what I told you guys when we, we first picked him up. I think he'll be 20, 23 or 24 when the season starts. That's huge. Um, having that uh, expertise and that, that experience, I guess you should say, uh, in the locker room is going to be huge. And, and even on top of that, uh, his dad is a college coach. Uh, he's been a very successful college coach. Uh, he's a junior college coach down in Florida. Um, seems like to be an awesome guy over the past couple of days, if you noticed on social media on Twitter. Um, he's been putting on some some basketball camps. He's been teaching the youth about basketball, and it looks like coaching might be something that he wants to do in the future. Um, so I think that you know, from for a lot of different a- angles, I think that Sean Walker is going to be a guy who who brings a lot of a lot of uh, the intangibles that I think that were truly missing from the team last year. I think he would have been a great addition to last year's team, um, but especially this year, you know, whenever we lost a lot of depth. Um, that Sean will be a much a much appreciated and much needed addition. I agree with you, Sawyer. I, I can kind of see a lot of similarities uh, maybe between like him and Quincy. So hopefully those two guys can kind of take the role of like, hey, we're going to guard your best player and really lock them down on defense. And hopefully both of them can shoot 40% from three this year because that would be really nice as well. Um, next guy, Logan, I'm, I'm going to let you, you uh, pronounce his name, but – I think we're probably going to call him Malek all year. I don't think we're going to even take a stab at his last name. <laughs> but uh, 6'10 Ford, uh, he's going to be a junior for the racers um, out of South Plains Community College uh, down there in Texas. Uh, Logan, he is from Cairo, and that's going to be Egypt, not Illinois. Thank you for clarifying that because uh, I was thinking he was from Cairo, Illinois this whole time, just like how I thought that Wimbanyana was from Paris, Tennessee instead of France. 
Uh, slight mix up there, honest mistake. Going to be completely honest. Not really sure how to pronounce Malek, Malik, um, whatever it is. Uh, I'm not even going to attempt it. If we're wrong, it's all my fault. Uh, you can cancel me. I've been trying to be canceled for years, so I'll take the blame for it. So I have watched a little bit of his film. Um, you know, a, a prototypical Juco big that um, doesn't – not going to blow you away with stats and um, just, you know, come in. You think, okay, they're going to make a huge impact in the Missouri Valley. But one thing I did really like is how aggressive he is. He's always looking to attack. He looks like he's trying to rip the rim off the basket whenever he dunks. And he's got a nice shot um, where he can step out, not live around the three-point line like we've seen uh, here recently. But, you know, 15-footers, he can knock them down. So that's a a really good get for us, I think, um, especially with how thin we are on the inside. He's a not just 6'10", but he's a, a big boy for 6'10". And so um, – we saw last year, it seemed like we were undersized in every game we played in the Missouri Valley. You look around the league, you've got Robbie that plays for Indiana State, 6'10". You've got uh, Malik Dia committing to Belmont uh, from Vanderbilt. He's 6'10", 6'11". Um, you know, just about every team's got guys with that kind of size. So making sure we uh, match that and um, get somebody that can actually match the intensity as well as uh, something that I'm actually excited about. I, I think what we're going to have to look for out of out of Malek is, you know, to to make a difference this year. I think he's going to have to really buy into defense, and we know how complicated that can be for JUCO guys. Um, they always seem like they're a step slow, right, or half a step slow transferring from from JUCO to to Division One. And uh, <laughs> you know, we always joke. If you guys remember, we we, we have, uh, and you guys on the podcast, I know. Our listeners, Logan, saw you. You're going to remember when when we had the the really good run of JUCO bigs. Um, they would go to China for for a summer and do some kind of camp over there and come back and be just somehow way better. And I think that was a joke we had with Malek. Is like, man, can we send him to China this summer so he can be ready to go? I don't know if we can do that anymore. It's, uh, One of the we good camps. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how we can get into that on the podcast anymore. But anyways, whatever they were doing over there, we need to happen uh, this summer with with Malek. And, uh, you know, hopefully. (laughs) But anyways, hopefully he can he can learn the defensive rotations. I I don't think we're going to he's going to be and maybe he'll surprise the heck out of us. Be a guy that's scoring double digits for the racers this year. Maybe you see a couple games where he where he where he kind of goes off. But um I think he's going to be a guy that we see we see pretty quick out of the gate and, and see be getting a lot of playing time. So um, a guy he's going to be fighting against, uh, going to be a guy out of Eastern Illinois, also Meridian Community College. It's going to be six eight forward. Um, Nick Ellington, his real name is Brandon. He goes by Nick. Nick Ellington uh, from St. Louis, so up this way. Actually played at Cardinal Ritter. Uh, guy, guys, uh, we we all know that. Braxton Stacker played at Cardinal Ritter, so uh, folks that have played together. And Sawyer, I don't want this to be a lazy comparison, but it kind of looks like Jordan Skipper Brown 2.0. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's kind of how it was how it was told to us, you know, by some people around the staff. Is that this is a guy who can have a similar Jordan Skipper Brown, uh, Eastern Illinois transfer, 
impact here at Murray State. Um, I went back a few weeks ago and watched uh, some of the highlights from that magical 20, uh, 2021 NCAA tournament run where the racers went on to beat San Francisco. And, man, George Keeper Brown had an, an incredible game, um, and that was awesome. Um, and I think and I hope I hope that Nick can have that similar type of impact um, that the Jordan Skipper Brown had, you know, I think for for both Nick and for uh, Malek, you know, both these two guys it's pretty incredible. Logan, I think you're going to love this. Both these two guys played full seasons as big men for the rep- uh, their um, their respective colleges. And between the two of them, zero three point attempts. They know what they are. They know they're back to the basket scores. Uh, guys that are, I think Nick's a little more on the athletic size side, uh, can really rise up and, and finish over uh, over defenders, which will be great. Um, so I think you kind of get a little bit of each with, with both of those two guys, um, and I'm excited to see how it translates on the court. Yeah, so you're talking about translating on the court. I we I don't know if we ever shared this publicly, but, but we, we talked about when – uh, Skip came from Eastern Illinois. It was a big jump from him, even though being in the OVC, uh, the work ethic that it that it took to be a Murray State racer. You know, with the gym, you got to be in the gym every day. Practices are not. What was it? He he uh, he thought something was optional, and it's like because it was optional at Eastern Illinois, and it's like no, it, it it's not optional at Murray State. And Summer I, workouts. I, yeah, that's what yeah, it was all yeah. summer. He thought all summer it was option. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, obviously that's not the case uh, here here in Murray, Kentucky. So um, hopefully Nick is 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 now privy to that information and and follows the same kind of path because we saw Skip be really good at the end of that at the end of the year, Saul. You're like you just mentioned with with the um, with the NCAA tournament game, and you saw him have some success, and I. Hopefully, you know, we, we don't know a lot about Nick um, and, and how it's going to transfer, how he'll, how his game will transfer. But uh, I think the athleticism is not a bad thing. So be interesting to see what he looks like um, this summer out there with the crew. Last scholarship transfer we're going to have this year, um, going to be a guy named Alden Applewhite. Alden's going to be a 6'7", kind of guard forward a little bit, you don't know, kind of plays it all um, out of a out of a place that is been pretty good to the racers. Memphis, Tennessee, uh, played at Portland last year. Uh, went to Mississippi State right out of right out of high school. Suffered an injury, so he got a redshirt year there at Mississippi State. Uh, so he is a sophomore. The big question, Logan, for Alden is, will he get to play this year? A lot of questions around the transfer portal and like. You know, Trey Hannibal got to play last year, even though he transferred twice. Uh, same kind of with Juice and, and some of those guys. So um, is Alden going to get to suit up for the racers this year? Logan, I think you're going to agree he's a guy that we hope he does because I think he can really help us. Yeah, who knows what the NCAA will allow or disallow, but I really hope he plays. I think he can add a lot of value to this team. Um, The last time we talked uh, on this podcast, basically said that we hope we got guys from winning programs, uh, which we didn't really do, and then hoped we got guys, uh, got a couple Power 5 rejects is what I called them, um, 
guys like a Trey Hannibal, like a TJ Sapp, um, guys that can come to Murray State and really flourish and refocus their game and, and get back in the groove that they lost um, by going to a bigger school. Um, and, you know, I think Alden can do that for us. And like you said, six foot seven, um, he's a power five body and he's, he's skilled. Um, I know he's somebody that Coach prome has been on for a long, long time. He played preps, prep ball in Arizona, had a good team. He, uh, he had good stats on a good team. Um, A.J. Store played with him. Uh, he played at St. John's last year, was a, a good ball player. Uh, Ty Ty Washington, for all you U.K. fans, um, he was a senior with Ty Ty at his prep school. So a lot of shots to go around, and he still uh, produced. And so uh, really excited that, you know, even though he, he picked Mississippi State over Iowa State when Coach Prone was there initially, and he decided to go to Portland last year instead of coming to Murray State, he's finally uh, come around and, and, and joined the bright side. So um, really thankful that we were able to get him. Um, you know, I was kind of losing hope. And, and uh, even if he can't play, I'm glad he's on the roster. He's got a lot of experience and um, being from a higher caliber place. And even at Portland last year, um, you look back at their schedule, they were they had a losing record, but they played a lot of really good teams and played them tight. And, uh, and Alden played well in some of those games. And so he's got experience um, playing against better competition than, uh, frankly, than what he's going to see in the Missouri Valley. So hopefully it's kind of like a what I've been banking on, basically, is that it's a Corvassier-McCauley type um, to where – very, very decent role player at, at a higher level and comes to a mid-major and can really flourish. So uh, I've, I've got high expectations for him. I'm excited to watch him, um, but really, really hoping that he can play this year because um, because I think he can be what we hoped Kenny White was actually going to turn into. I think that's a great way to put it, Logan. And I, I was – I was trying to say that without saying that I was going to, but I think you hit the nail on the head right there. Um, I see a lot of similarities there. And I think if, if, if Alden can, can put his head down and work and, and commit that maybe what Kenny couldn't do or wouldn't do, um, you know, he, he, he's got a high ceiling uh, for sure. Logan, I think they need to send you in on the, I don't know how you protested NCAA to get, get your transfer waiver approved. Uh, I think you need to be in on that process. You, you did a really great job there. So we'll, we'll pass that along to the coaching staff, uh, help them out. Uh, last guy, last guy we're getting uh, most recent. He's going to be the walk on next year. You know, we, we big shoes to fill with Rod leaving. And I think this might be a guy who can do it. Uh, Fletcher Boatwright, six, five guard out of Tuscaloosa. Uh, you know, he shunned, shunned the hometown school. Uh, he's, he traded in the roll tide for the go racers and guys, you might think that that Boatwright name sounds familiar. It's, and it, it, it is familiar because his dad, Darren Boatwright, um, got a great history with the Murray state racers from a, an assistant coach to an assistant AD, uh, grew up in Marshall County. Uh, so, you know, it kind of reminds me of, of Rod having a, a nice background with the racers 
kind of reminds me of Patrick Chu a little bit, having that background with the racers. And I think Fletcher can be a guy who can commit to this program. And, uh, you know, he's got the pedigree to be the next Rod Thomas. So a lot, a lot of guys there that are going to be brand new faces. It's going to be a new learning process for Racer Nation as, as we're going to have to get used to all these new faces this year. Of course, they're, they're, they're going to join the guys coming back. Uh, Patrick Chu, Justin Morgan, Sam Murray, Brian Moore, uh, Quincy Anderson, Jacoby Wood, and then Rob Perry, uh, you know, announced he's pulled his name out of the draft and, uh, you know, received his feedback from that process and decided to return back to college. So he's going to be uh, with the racers next year. I think we're going to have a lot to say about those guys uh, coming up in a future episode, but I don't wanna, we don't want to bog this one down too much. Um, so it'll, it'll be good. Let's let, let's watch them this summer a little bit and then we can uh, we can dive into the team some more uh, later. So uh, that's going to be the racers next year, right? It's going to be our 2023-24 racers. Um, you know, guys, the, the NBC was hit really hard by the portal uh, this past year. Uh, pretty much all, all the big names have, have gone to the Big Ten, it seems like, is where is where most folks went. Uh, your, your, your big guys, Logan, that you like to talk about. Um, I think Bradley's going to be good again. Drake's obviously going to be good returning the player of the year. Um, Northern Iowa's a team who didn't lose anybody. Uh, and they weren't great last year, but they had a lot to build on, on. So I can see them being pretty decent. Belmont's going to be good. They're, they're always good. And, uh, hopefully the racers can fit right in there with them. You guys, as we, as we get close to the end of the episode, we, we had a few things we had to cover. Um, a lot's happened. Um, probably the biggest news, uh, guys, unfortunately, Neil Bradley's retiring. Um, and I know that we, we've, that's been talked about over and over, but I think Neil deserves, um, his spot on this podcast is, as you know, we all shared our thoughts on on social media and shared them with Neil, and he's been such a, a big part of, of all of our lives, the, the voice of racer basketball for for longer than all three of us have been alive. And uh, whoever they haven't announced it yet, who's gonna who's gonna take his place? But nobody can really take his place because nobody's gonna be able to fill fill Neil's shoes, and uh, it's gonna be. Uh, really happy for him. I mean, we got to say that. Really happy for Neil because he's going to be able to sit back and and be even more of a fan now. But um, you know, I know you guys probably want to say something, but uh, I just can't wait for the day we've got Neil on the podcast. Uh, it's going to be really cool to have him on. Uh, he's he, we've already talked to him and he said, man, anytime uh, he's he he's he's going to be willing and he's going to be a lot more uh, free this year. So it'll be great to have him on during season and and get his take about the racers this year and, and talk a lot of history with Neil. And uh, that, that's going to be awesome one of these days. But, uh, uh, guys, uh, take it away if you guys have anything to add. Yeah, we've been, we've been so blessed to have Neil as our, uh, as our play-by-play uh, basketball announcer for so many years in football as well. He's just such a class act, um, just does it the, the exact right way. I've heard um, Vin Scully and others kind of describe what it takes to be a good uh, announcer like that. And, to ha- and for them, for what he said to be good is that you really have to be selfless and it has to be all about the game. I think that, that Neil did that it, it's such a tremendous, at such a tremendous level um, and always uh, did it with class and, 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 and everything that he did. And so it's extremely appreciative of all the sacrifice and dedication that it took to be so good at his craft. Um, I think that a lot of people that I've talked to after uh, he announced his retirement was just that, you know, 
if Neil Bradley was in New York City, he would have been the 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 the, the, the commentator for the Yankees. If he would have been in Los Angeles, he would have been the Lakers. But thankfully, he was in Murray, Kentucky. Uh, so we got to be for the racers. So uh, we're, we're so blessed as a community to have someone like him who was such a great ambassador for Murray State and for our community. And it was such a pleasure to be able to listen to him for years. Um, you know, like you said, Austin, we grew up listening to him. I remember whenever I was a kid, um, my great grandmother got me this little my first ever like alarm clock and it had a radio built in. And so my dad would set it to sleep at a certain time so I could listen to Neil and whoever was the the color commentator, and it would go off, and I knew it was time for me to go to sleep. Um, so, uh, growing up, you know, my whole life, uh, got to got to listen to racer basketball and, and hear him tell stories, and uh, it was always such a pleasure. Uh, did such a great job with it, and I think there's there's probably been no one more well respected or well liked um, by you know the peers uh, of, of his colleagues um, than, than, than Neil and. You know, he's had the, the great honor to be able to serve as um, the play-by-play um, coordinator and, and, and commentator for the girls' Sweet 16s in the past and, and probably various other things that, 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 have, that have slipped my mind. But uh, just so happy for him, excited for his retirement. And like you said, Austin, hope to have him on the, on the show sometime really soon. Yeah, just to touch on what you guys just said, um, couldn't agree more. Neil is, especially in, it seems like, uh, there's always negative things being thrown around, uh, negative headlines, and we live in a negative world. And Murray State has often uh, got a bunch of enemies because of how successful we've been in basketball that it's rare to find somebody that's so universally loved, um, especially when they're associated with a program that's been as successful as ours. And like you said, Sawyer, whether it's uh, – you know, within our program, of course, we love Neil, um, but other ones as well. Just respect him for how uh, classy and professional he is. Um, very thankful to, you know, we're 28, 29 years old. We've grown up getting to listen to to Neil, and, and he's a big part of one of the reasons why we love racer basketball. And so selfishly, um, I don't ever want him to retire, but – um, really happy for him and his family and uh, know he's sailing off to, into the sunset and thankful he ha- never asked to call another Jake Wolf basketball game. That's another perk of retirement. Um, but in all seriousness, just wishing you the best, Neil, and uh, thank you for everything you've done. Oh, really well put, fellas. All right. A couple other quick things I wanted to hit. Um, first, uh, the CFSB Center is getting new lights. I am so excited about that. Uh, we we texted with with Nico when 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 they announced that a month or two ago. Um, he he kind of dropped the news on us a little bit early, and uh, you know he's being his typical self, a little uh, you know a little coy, and he just sent a gif of flashing lights, and man, that that hit home for me. I was so excited. I hadn't seen him in person. I'm gonna give him a big hug the next time I see him, but. Um, you know, it, it's kind of funny, and hopefully he's okay with me with me sharing this. Is uh, you guys remember back last fall when when we had Nico on the podcast? Um, we 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 ate dinner and then went back to his office and uh, there in the CFSB center, which he was gracious enough to invite us in and and set up and 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 he had a whiteboard in there with a bunch of ideas on it. And of course, we're not going to share share that stuff because. Uh, 
then he will never invite us back again, right? But I guess we can share this now. The very top thing on that board said uh, CFSB Center, new lighting. And I, I sat down and looked at it and told him the story that I've told on this podcast. And I said, Nico, if, if you do this, I'm, I'm building a statue for you. And, and he delivered, guys. And so, uh, so excited for that. I know that that's more of a uh, personal personal thing for me. But um, I cannot wait till the lights shut off and the the Bulls, you know, 98 Bulls feel for the for the starting lineup startup. That's that's going to give me chills. I already made a deal with him. Uh, he's going to he's going to let us know when they install them where I can be there the first time that they that they turn them off and, and get them going this summer. So really excited about that. I wanted to push summer camps. I know Coach Prohm's got a ton of camps this summer. And as we know, it's 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 you know big for the kids. Um, all three of us went to summer camp growing up. So if you guys have kids that are looking to that, please sign up for that. That was so huge. Um, and also a great way as a parent to kind of get to know the team a little bit. And it's also a big uh, a big thing for the players because um, this is an avenue that they could make, you know, a little bit of revenue this summer. And so uh, uh, please support the team in that. And then lastly, Logan, or sorry, I don't know if you got anything to add, but Logan, I know you wanted to cover um, some of the former racers in this episode. Yeah, it's been a couple months since our last episode, and a lot of things have happened, uh, namely – some stuff surrounding our professional players. Um, first off, want to congratulate Popeye Jones for the sweep of the Lakers. Taking it to the NBA Finals. Definitely rooting on Popeye. Um, it'd be so cool to see him get a championship ring. And I'm sure everybody knows the reason why Jokic is so good, directly correlated to Popeye Jones. Uh, I say that jokingly, but you definitely know they work together. And so that's pretty dang cool. Uh, Two-time MVP, probably should have been a three-time MVP with how it's looking right now. Um, You know, works with one of the most famous racers of all time. So I thought that was pretty cool. After that, we've got Isaiah Cannon. He, uh, He recently turned 32. Let's clap it up for him. And on his 32nd birthday, got to play in, was it the EuroLeague Finals? And I think they came up short in that game. But uh, the fact that our guy is 32 and still playing at such a high level in a highly respected league overseas, um, just love to see it. And uh, really proud of Isaiah. Next, we have Cameron Payne. Clapping it up for Cam. He stepped in for Chris Paul, who always likes to get injured in the playoffs and uh, and made some good plays. But especially in Game 7, he was the best player on the Suns and couldn't miss, almost set an NBA record uh, for playoff threes. So that was pretty cool and uh, just shows that, you know, Cam got knocked down a, a couple times in his NBA career and and refocused himself, kept battling, and, and bounced back. And uh, we're super proud of him, and uh, very thankful that you know he's been re-energized with the racer spirit here over the past year, and is reconnected to the program. Um, we were in college with him at the same time, and always had great interactions. He was super nice and approachable, and uh, and really grateful to to get to 
talked to him back in the day and, and now seeing him succeed year after year um, after having some struggles is, is really cool. So uh, I think lastly, um, the, the other, is there anybody else we want to talk about uh, professional racers? Uh, Jonathan Stark. He's kicking Jonathan butt Stark. over. Yeah. Jonathan Stark. Yeah. Of course he's kicking butt. And I believe he also had a birthday here recently yeah. as well. Today. Uh, yeah. today. Nice. So that'll shout be out recently. To that'll be recently when you listen to this podcast. So. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's all of the, the things that have happened with racer superstars guards that, uh, have went professional. So, um, you guys want to wind this down? Okay, let's talk about job. <laughs> oh boy. Um, first question: Does this put Murray State on a hot seat to where Rob Perry can't do his little gunslinging uh, three points here? <laughs> because that is my favorite three point celebration. Way better than the bow and arrow. Way better than the three goggles. The gunslinger thing's pretty dang cool. <laughs> I think we can still allow it. This podcast will allow it. Okay. Okay. I would like to say, as if Jock hears what I have to say, but I think it's pretty safe to say that um, he is surrounding himself with people that don't have his best interest in mind. And, uh, you know, it's it's scary. Um, the The road that, he could be led down and, and hope he kind of snaps out of it soon. Um, and hopefully he surrounds himself with people that want the best for him and, and, uh, his family. And, uh, if jaw is looking for new friends, I would like to say that the three of us would like to throw our hat in the ring to be, uh, John Morant's new best friends. So Sawyer's got season tickets. Uh, he'll be down there to watch you play all the time, basically courtside. And so you'll have him there. Uh, like Austin said, we're going to a Luke Combs concert here next month. I'd like to formally invite you to be in the pit with us. Um, it's very similar to, to what you're used to. Luke Combs, good guy. You've probably never heard of him. He also likes the Second Amendment, so you got that going. Um, not a Casamigos fan necessarily. He's more of a, a beer guy, but it's an acquired taste. We think you may like it. Um, Lainey Wilson, you're going to love her. Uh, so if you're interested in going with us, we've got you a ticket, buddy. Um, you'll see Sawyer at games next year. Uh, that That's really our, our pitch to be best friends with us. So we won't get you in any trouble, probably. Um, and we'll support you through thick and thin uh, through the rest of your playing career. Logan, incredible pitch there. Um, you know, Jaw, you know how to get a hold of us. Twitter DMs are open. Uh, we're, we're, we'll be we'll be waiting for your response on that. Uh, so that that that's great, guys. We got a we got a packed summer coming up. We got a lot we got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, we we told you at the top of the show what we've got, what we've been doing, what we got going. Uh, this is episode forty nine, like I mentioned. So episode fifty is next. 50 episodes that that's pretty crazy we're gonna try to do it's definitely gonna be in person I'm, I'm gonna have to make a trip and we'll see what kind of guests we can we can we can get together for that so 
Um, no promises, but we might we might be able to pull somebody in. We've, we've got our second annual inaugural whatever um, Racer Nation podcast golf scramble. You got to put that together. Hoopa loses coming up, honoring the Scott Edgar era. Um, that's that'd be pretty cool. I know. I think we're gonna try to go to that at the end of June. And uh, yeah, we're gonna be watching some racer basketball pretty soon. So um, excited to get back together. I don't know what it looks like. Is it gonna be June? Is it gonna be July? That's the great thing about the Racer Nation podcast is we keep you guessing. Uh, so you never know when you're gonna hear from us again. Um, but you know. Uh, that's because this is just a hobby for us. And in the summertime, there's, there's just not a lot to talk about. So, um, you know, we, we do it for fun. We do it cause we love it. And hopefully that's why you guys listen is, uh, because, you know, we're just fans that that's why we're here. We're fans of racer basketball. We have been for 28 and 29 years and we'll be for fans of racer basketball, no matter what, for as ever long as, you know, where God lets us live on this on this beautiful earth. So um, with that, guys, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Um, had a lot of fun, boys, breaking breaking the computer and the mics back out. Uh, we only had one technical difficulty. You won't you won't hear it in the podcast, but uh, my internet just completely shut out about 20 minutes into this thing. So uh, only one. That's not bad. That's not bad after uh, after you know a couple months of not doing this thing. So. You know, in, in a couple of months when we do another one, uh, I'm sure we'll we'll hit it again. So, so fellas, uh, really enjoyed it. Ready, ready for you know we got a team together, ready for some racer basketball. And as we always say, it's gonna be here before we know it. So Sawyer, send us off. Go racers, go racers, go racers. Murray State, stand up, Hoop Squad, stand up. Anyone who's in the CFSB, stand up. It's time to take these. Questions that have been asked to get them answered. Who's gonna win the MVC?